Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast, brought to you by the Association of Texas Professional Educators and covering the hottest topics on Texas educators' minds today. Hello, and welcome to the ATPE podcast. My name is David George, and I serve as the editor for ATPE News Magazine. In this episode, we're going to be discussing student-teacher relationships. Specifically, we'll address professional boundaries, perception, and what the law deems appropriate behavior in an educational setting. We are joined today by Sylvia Martinez-Haley, a staff attorney in the ATPE member legal services department for the past 16 years. Uh, She serves as an on-call attorney, taking calls from members and answering email inquiries uh, through our member legal services intake system on a daily basis. We are really happy to have you on the podcast, Sylvia. Thank you, David. I'm happy to be here. It's my first podcast. Let's begin with what an appropriate educator-student relationship looks like. Thanks for that question. Uh, I want to start off by saying that all of our members, I think, come to the profession wanting to do their best for our students, and they want to maintain positive educator-student relationships. And so what we think of what's an appropriate one is one that has clear boundaries and mutual respect. And so the educator is there to provide uh, support and guidance for the student and to set rules, um, procedures for the classroom or sport activity. And uh, the student understands my teacher's there to provide uh, that knowledge, that support, uh, to make me feel valued in the classroom where I feel safe asking them questions. And so I think that's what a positive relationship is, that um, you know what to expect from each other. So how do educator-student relationships impact student success? So you can do a quick Google search out there. You find a lot of scholarly articles all over the country where they say these positive relationships uh, ensure that students are are motivated and participating, and that leads to good learning outcomes. And so it it just improves the, the outcomes. You know, students do better when they know their teacher cares about them, Uh, They're safe uh, in the learning uh, environment, and uh, teachers also get a lot out of these positive relationships. They feel that they're rewarded for their efforts, uh, and that keeps them going. It helps to avoid burnout. Can you talk to us about perception as it applies to these relationships? Sure, certainly. Sometimes these educator-student relationships can uh, be misinterpreted or understood even if they're well-meaning, positive connections. And so, unfortunately, we have to consider that perception is everything. Uh, You're the professional educator. You have to be mindful of that, and you have to kind of consider, um, you know, be mindful of what does a student think in in the connection that you're having with them? What do other students think? You have to be cognizant of um, there are a lot of one-on-one communication. You know, what is that? perception, what are others considering? What do your colleagues or parents think as well of any interaction? So if you have to kind of explain something that is is not what it appears, I think you need to reevaluate what's happening, how it appears. You as that educator need to reset some boundaries, um, reset expectations. The educator's code of ethics, how does that address this issue? So the Code of Ethics, that is a set of rules that's established by the State Board for Educator Certification, and all teachers have to follow those standards in order to to keep, maintain your certificate. 
And the Code of Ethics has two standards that apply specifically to educator-student relationships, and it's 3.8 and 3.9. And so the first standard, 3.8, that is the one that actually requires that you maintain professional educator-student relationships. That is also considered what um, a reasonable educator thinks is an appropriate relationship. So it's not your interpretation or the student's, it's what does a reasonable educator think about that communication or relationship. Uh, so that's 3.8. 3.9 is the standard that prohibits inappropriate communication with students. And that is to prevent a lot of, you know, kind of things that can go in the wrong direction. And so they prohibit communication via phone, uh, text, uh, instant or direct messaging, social media communication, anything that's exclusive and that's about inappropriate content, really. Um, so investigators, if they ever get a complaint and they have to review, is there an inappropriate relationship? They're going to look to see, well, what's the content of what you were talking about? How often did you communicate with a student? Um, what's the volume? If, if you have maybe a couple of texts about a mispractice or a canceled game or something, that seems pretty reasonable. But if you have hundreds or thousands of texts back and forth about a student's relationship with their parent or boyfriend or girlfriend, now you're kind of getting out of that territory that's safe as a positive educator-student relationship. So it's, it's important to keep those factors in mind. Uh, other things that aspect will consider is um, what kind of, of topics are you talking about? And so are you trying to solicit uh, a sexual relationship or a romantic relationship? Um, they're gonna wanna know are you, or does a topic kind of relate to uh, physical or sexual attractiveness, um, fantasies, desires of either the student or the educator. So you really shouldn't be talking about that with kids, not sharing your, your personal stuff with them. And, and so that's what that standard is there for. Can you give us some tips on maintaining professional boundaries? Sure. I think um, a first one to start off with is avoiding alone time with students. Uh, that's not always feasible. We think of tutoring maybe. Um, but always be mindful of that. Uh, avoid that one-on-one -on -one time where it's not just you and the student. If um, you can work with another colleague or move tutoring sessions to another location, those are things to be aware of, uh, think about. Um, another is, what if a student comes to you with a personal problem? I think a lot of times you wanna help. You wanna be able to, to be that sounding board, listen to them, but don't keep that for yourself. Don't be a student's confidant. So. You want to include your administration, the counselor. Uh, sometimes parents need to know about situations too, and there's actually a law that prohibits educators keeping information from parents. So always be mindful of that, loop your administration in, and it's not just one-on-one -on -one communication with a student about something that's not necessarily related to, to classwork or your sport or band, et cetera. So um, one thing we always want to think about is kind of stay in your lane. If you're an English teacher, you maybe don't want to be engaging in some intensive counseling sessions with your student. Uh, whenever there are allegations or concerns about inappropriate communication or relationships with students, uh, that's the first thing administrators look at. It's like, well, what is your job position? What are you doing? What are you talking about? Same thing with aspect investigators. So we always want to keep that in mind. Um, this next one is, is that you really want to, it's really crucial, is you want to make sure you follow your district's communication policies regarding students. And so follow those to the letter, be very careful. And so a lot of them will say, um, restrict the time that you can speak with students. 
uh, after hours, so maybe not anything after 6 or 7 p.m. Be mindful of those kinds of restrictions. A lot of them will also say to only communicate via approved district channels. And so what we think about for that is your work email uh, or district approved applications like Remind or Classroom Dojo. And what's really helpful about using approved channels is that you take the concern or allegation of trying to conceal communication with students right off the table. You're using an approved resource that your employer maintains and monitors, and that's helpful. There's just, you're shining the light on everything that needs hidden. And so everyone understands that you, the student, uh, the administration, and parents. So that's a really good you know, thing to make sure that you follow. Um, see, if texting is a must, which I'm not a fan of, I would say never text your students, is that you make sure that you clear that with your administration. Uh, you make sure that you follow those rules if they're aware of it, and, and parents as well. And so if you have to send a text, maybe a practice is canceled or something like that, send it to the whole team, include parents. And then here's another thing of why I'm not a fan of text is that your text are, um, belong to your employer when it's school or work-related. So I would advise that you send over those texts to your work email so that they're retained somewhere. So um, again, any, any communication with students should be work-related, so you should be sending that uh, to your work email. And, and that's just a good boundary, I think, to, to set. No text, if not, treat it as like your work email where you're retaining it. Um, and then uh, I, I think just following these steps is going to help avoid any kind of confusion, misunderstanding, that kind of concern about perception. And taking those steps, uh, I think, can, can save a lot of headache for everybody involved. It's just, again, good to set those boundaries. Uh, you want to you know, make sure that you are clear about you're the educator, not a peer, not a friend, and, and that's okay. Is there anything else that we need to know on this topic? Sure. Um, again, I think we want to focus on perceptions, everything, setting some clear boundaries, safeguarding that. Um, you know, kind of mutual respect, support for the students, but you know, just still, you're the educator, um, you're the adult, the professional person in that situation. And so I, I want to share the statistic that, that I think is important to, to consider is that over about a five and um, five year, nine month period, ASPEC sanctioned 335 teachers revoking or suspending the certificates for inappropriate relationships with students. And, and not all of those rise to you know, sexual activity. It's kind of just being too friendly, um, too chummy with students where you're carrying on uh, with, with private inside jokes or getting too involved in personal uh, relationship issues, things like that. So it does happen and we wanna make sure you protect yourself against uh, that, protect you and your students. Um, so we just wanna make sure we always get those boundaries and I do want to end on this, and it's something I was kind of thinking about is, you know, how, uh, do you remember that time that you first saw a teacher outside of, of the classroom? And, you know, I, I remember it's kind of like your jaw drops. Oh my goodness, is my teacher a real person? They exist outside of school? Have I finished my homework? And I think it's important to kind of maintain that sense of, of mystery or a sense of, or air of authority with your students. It's not that they're scared of you, but there's just a healthy boundary. And I think if you maintain that mindset, you can avoid a lot of these um, issues, misunderstandings, confusion that can put you on the defensive. Because I know we're all here for students. You want to do your best. And so just keep that in mind and you protect yourself and your kids. Well, Sylvia, thank you so much for eloquently explaining all this to, 
us today. Uh, as always, if you have any questions or feedback, you can send those to com at atpe.org. That's C-O-M-M at atpe.org. And we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well as leave us a review. Uh, thanks again for being here, and we will see you next time on the ATPE Podcast. Thanks for listening to the ATPE Podcast. For more information about becoming part of Texas's largest community of educators, please visit atpe.org. The information provided in this podcast is for general purposes only. Individual legal situations vary greatly and viewers needing individual legal advice should consult directly with an attorney. Eligible ATPE members may contact the ATPE Member Legal Services Department.